Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of District Baseball. You're here with Nick and Trey, as today we talk about the Hall of Fame ballot. We give our votes. We talk about the ballots that we've seen submitted so far and everything in between. It is going to be a very, I would say, contentious episode, but I think actually we're on the same page uh, with with the guys we want to see stay on the ballot uh, in terms of staying above 5%, the guys that shouldn't be getting votes that are. And the guys that definitely deserve to be in, but the Hall of Fame voters are a bunch of snobs. Regardless, we'll talk about all of that today. Trey, what's going on? Getting excited for another uh, off-season of Hall of Fame discourse that always goes well. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, so we're going to do our, our Hall of Fame votes. And um, if you can't tell by our tones, we're more big Hall type guys. We're going to vote for you know quite a few of these yep. guys. Um, and I think that you should at least vote for probably at least five of them. Um, but you know, uh, some people with the votes that do or have access to the votes that don't do that. So, um, we don't have votes, so we're just going to do something theoretical and fun. So if you have, uh, your picks, make sure to leave them in the comments as well. Um, Nick, where'd you want to start? Um, I think the logical place to start is to just give our ballots. Mm-hmm. Um, we can kind of talk about the guys that I think are shoes in, in my case, and you kind of alluded to it, all the guys I'm voting for, I really think should be in the hall of fame. And, you know, that might sound pretty self-explanatory, but it's not when you're thinking about the hall of fame vote, because sometimes you want to vote for guys just to get them enough percentage of the total vote to stay on the ballot, which again, you need 5% to stay on the ballot year after year. Uh, and then you get a max of 10 years. And if you don't get in after 10 years, you fall off the ballot. Or if you don't retain your 5% or don't even hit 5%, you're just off the ballot after that year. So, um, Trey, I think you're going to have some some guys you vote for that are more so to keep them on the ballot for a discussion later than, down the line. You have um, one. Yeah. So, like, in that case, um, you know, it, it's definitely a discussion. You just want to see them stick around. You don't want to close the door. Uh, but for my case, all I have nine votes. All nine of my guys, I, I really think, should be in the Hall of Fame, obviously for different reasons, but we'll talk about all of that. So if you're looking at the, the Hall of Fame ballot, we're going to go column by column. The first one that I think is a shoo-in, um, maybe not the safest word to use, but a guy who I think deserves to be in, that's Carlos Beltran. Um, Carlos Beltran was always like a, a really, really good hitter. Um, the one concern I have of him is the whole sign stealing stuff um, and something you probably or we probably need to mention when we're doing, you know, um, our, our votes and going through the, this conversation, just the character clause is a real thing, um, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, it, it just is. Um, and 
as kind of slap on the wrist as the sign stealing stuff was, Beltron took a lot of the hit or a lot of the blame for it. Whether it was truly him or not, we'll we'll never know. Um, so I think with how snooty some of these Hall of Fame voters are submitting blank ballots and egregious things like that, um, I do think Beltron might uh, face some obstacles in his pursuit to be a hall of famer. But like, if you look at his stats, like he was very, very good played till he was 40, which uh, I think longevity. I mean, I know longevity matters, but like playing late into your thirties proves something as well. Like you weren't just a a front loaded, you performed, you kind of stat padded a a lot of your career stats in your late 20, early to late twenties, and then did nothing when you're 30, like Beltron was steady throughout. And I think he deserves to be a hall of famer. Yeah, it's a consistency factor with with Beltron, the longevity. He had that. He had the hitting. He had the field, the glove, and he had he had the stolen base. And I think that he was just a very, very good hitter, a very, very good fielder, and a very, very good base runner. And you put all that together, you have an elite player. Um, So yeah, I I, the sign the sign stealing scandal. You know, I was a little concerned, and then I saw that he got almost fifty percent of the vote on his first uh, pass around. So I think he's going to be fine. Mentioning, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So uh, he he he's not going to be a guy that makes it this year, but he will. but he'll make it before 10. He'll probably make it within the next five years, I would think. Yeah, agreed. Um, and th- that's another thing with the, the voting. People are like, oh, I'm not going to vote for the- this guy this year because I don't want him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Which I do that, by the way. For I think it's so guys. stupid. If you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. He's, like, for I think for the steroid real- guys specifically, I have a, a little... The, the real pitch. distinction is unanimous or not. Or how much of the vote you got? Like I remember, was it was it Jeter or Griffey or someone um, where one guy didn't vote for them? Yeah, Griffey didn't. Yeah, because only unanimous is uh, Mariano. Mariano, yeah. Uh, where crazy. one guy <laughs> didn't vote for that. I think it was Griffey. Yeah, just so he wouldn't be unanimous. Like what the? What yeah, the well, Griffey f- didn't like, do roids. That's my only thing. If if you did roids, I'm not letting you be a first ballot. But that's my only. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> later on with yeah. some of the guys on the ballot. But uh, to me, it's like if you're if Hall of Famer, yes or no, like that, you know, everything else is just semantics and arbitrary bullshit that, you know, I, I don't know. I love strategic voting. I think it's fun. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> stupid to, to me. It, it is, right. is kind of dumb. But then you're like, I just I don't know. It's like a game. <laughs> yeah. I guess it is is a game. We're voting on who played the game the best. Um, and in my opinion, this next guy is oh well. I'm skipping skipping ahead here. So oh no no he is next. I had it. I'm good. Um, next guy on the list is, in my opinion, one of the best players ever, never to win an MVP. And part of it is just the era he played in, or at least the prime of his career in that era. I got a steroid area. Um, oh. Uh, Adrian Beltre. Mm-hmm. I think he is. If you if you want to dive into the oh, should he be a first ballot guy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he should. Uh, like MVPs be damned. Uh, he is very good. And if you're going to be a, a big proponent of the character clause, it has to work both ways. Like I, it, that's just how it should work and how it has to work if you're going to really be that. Um, you know, intense about it. And Adrian Belte was f- a phenomenal ambassador of the game. Like just 
you can go down a, a long YouTube rabbit hole of all the the top moments of Adrian Beltre just having fun on the baseball field and just being a, a really good, uh, you know, just repre- having fun, man. Re- yeah, representative a, of, of the game. That's an off season. Every off season, that's I, I yeah. go down that rabbit hole. At least and once. it's like you can't <laughs> in a vacuum. You can't vote for a, a guy to be a Hall of Famer just because he's a good guy. But like, if you compile that with Adrian Beltre, Beltre's goodness stats. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, no and doubt. it's not it's not even particularly close. He has like over ninety career WAR. I mean, I know WAR's not which is unheard but... of nowadays. Oh yeah, by the way. for sure. Um, and he he's a guy who didn't even really. I mean, he got he had a great season in two thousand four, and this is my what I was going to talk about with the MVP stuff. He he finished second uh, in 04. I don't know if you remember this guy Barry Bonds. He had like a 1400 OPS that season he won the award <laughs> yeah um yeah. so there's your freaking MVP season for for Beltre but yeah he didn't he never won one but he was clearly good enough and um a- amazing defensive third baseman I don't think it gets talked about as much as like Roland Adrian Beltre and Scott Roland are very very similar defenders and Adrian Beltre had more offensive capabilities right um and he another thing about Beltre is he he acquired most of his war after age 30 i mean this dude was a really late bloomer when he was on the rangers that was that was the best part of his career he was in his mid-30s by by the time i mean late 30s by the time that was over so um he mm-hmm. had he, he had the longevity and he had the the, the stats it, it's it's and he had the, the good guy aspect like right I, I agree if you're gonna punish dudes that were you know kind of dickheads like jeff kent <laughs> for example who i had last year uh, you might as well elevate the dudes who are are good for the game. Mm-hmm. And Adrian Beltre, there's no excuse not to vote for him. Really. I don't I don't think you can point to one. So he's gotta be a yeah. first ballot. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe this is very loose, like never winning a World Series, but even then it's great baseball. postseason performer though. Right. I mean, it, it's he, baseball. in the World Series, he hit. It wasn't his fault. Right. <laughs> Go look at those numbers. I mean, they're pretty crazy in yeah. in that World Series with, with him, but uh yeah, I mean, great postseason performer just adds to it. I mean, first ballot easily. Yeah, agreed. All right, moving on. And I do want to clarify that Trey and I did not have the same exact votes. I We had eight that overlapped. Uh, I had one that he didn't vote for, and Trey had two that I did not vote for. But we'll talk about those after the uh, consensus votes. Uh, the next guy on the list is someone who I think you and I won't have any issue with I, obviously we're voting for him, but like any issue supporting his hall of fame candidacy, but amongst, you know, casual fans or MLB or hall of fame voters or whatever, there is a lot of discourse um, among his uh, candidacy. And that's Todd Helton. The Coors effect is always going to be a thing. I, I think guys like Larry Walker getting in helps his cause a little uh-huh. bit. Yes. Um, And I also do think there's like, he played in Colorado. He also played for what seventeen years. Like, there's plenty of. Listen, there's at least twenty six guys that play in Colorado every single year. Last <laughs> time I checked, like they're not putting up the numbers that Todd Helton did. Yeah, but, like Coors has been the same altitude for a long time. Last time I checked, so you know, punishing them based on where they play, like they can't control where they play. Do they hit? Yes or no. <laughs> like that that's kind of what it comes down to and it, not everything in these votes and conversations will be as black and white as that but like why are we punishing guys 
for having a really long and very successful career. It just makes no sense <laughs> in my opinion. So I, I think Todd Helton, I will say it it's marginal. Like he's just getting in for me, but I'm also very comfortable naming him a hall of famer. Yeah, I, I agree. Larry Walker getting in pretty much made Todd Helton's candidacy a lot, a lock. He got 72% last year. He's probably going to make it this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he should. And yeah, if you, I believe he had a 131 OPS plus on the road in his career. So it's not like he couldn't hit on the road. Uh, the dude was a great hitter all around. He just happened to play in cores during the mid 2000s, which, you know, I, I will say, I will say one thing about the cores effect is that it has become less so because the humidor and the, they used to have a short wall there, but it still is not enough to keep Todd Helton out of the hall. This dude had a, two 400 total base seasons in a row. <laughs> nobody does that, that nobody nobody does that okay it's like todd helton and barry bonds like seriously so uh yeah todd helton should be getting in on this i believe his seventh try um i would think he gets in though uh with having amassed 72 percent last year um but yeah excellent excellent hitter um the only real knock on him is that he just kind of he wasn't the same level in his later years but he was still pretty good so um yeah he's he definitely has my vote yeah i was just trying to pull up his uh ops on the road um all i'm seeing right now is his average he's still a 285 hitter on the road yeah he was still he it wasn't as good obviously but still really good but yeah it was enough to support his his home was there a course boost yeah but like it wasn't the difference between him being a hall of famer and him not being a hall let's just put it this way he's not dante bichette okay right right Dante Bichette is a guy who got coursed. Okay. That's, we can be honest about that. He was a bad hitter everywhere else. Okay. Mm -hmm. Todd Helton is not like that. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Next guy on the list. Uh, A very um, decorated player was on some of the the great teams uh, down there in Atlanta um, and was manning center field a lot of the time. And that's Andrew Jones. Um, I've been banging this drum for a while now. And I I think in a lot of guys minds, like Andrew Jones is borderline and, you know, again, this is all arbitrary. Like it's, (laughs) there's no like baseline for, for, for hall of fame voting. Like people use war. That's only when it's convenient to them. Yeah. Every, every single voter is so much different in how they see the game. So it's just so hard to yeah put like a general standard, but yeah. Right. So like for Andrew Jones, he didn't wow you like with the offensive numbers aside from the home runs. I mean, 434 home runs in a career is like exceptional. Like there's there's nothing wrong with not hitting 500 home runs or only hitting 400 plus home runs. Um, but like his career OPS is 823, just solid, like not bad, but solid 254 career hitter. Not bad. Not great. So it's like in that regard, people will get so caught up in just the on paper numbers and be like Andrew Jones wasn't a Hall of Famer. But like if you saw him play and on some of the, the best teams as well, like you realize Andrew Jones was was a staple, right? He just didn't he wasn't like some of the other guys we'll talk about on this list or some of the other guys who have gotten in recently where all of their production as a baseball player came on the offensive side of the ball. Andrew Jones hit home runs and played premier defense in center field. 
Like, is that not a Hall of Famer? <laughs> like, what, what are we talking about? That's the thing. It's like if if you so I mean, Andrew Jones is arguably, if not the best defensive center fielder ever. Right. Right. And he hit 434 home runs. That's a Hall like, of Famer. Right. Exactly. Right so that's as simple as it needs to be. Best, yeah. the best center field defender ever also hit 434 home runs. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and well, he did it. He did it like he did. He wasn't even playing by the time he was 34. I mean, this. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did was most of his damage yeah. as like a freaking young 20s guy. Like it's crazy. His career yeah, is nuts. I think post age 30, he hit like 40 home runs. Yeah. And, and he wasn't the same defender. But like. Right. All the, all the production on those Braves teams is more than enough to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> in my so, opinion. So many, so many of these Hall of Fame discussions have become so convoluted. Like Andrew Jones is a guy where I really like, hey, did he play great defense in arguably the hardest position to play? Yes. One of them. Was he on a, a great team consistently? Yes. Did he hit? <laughs> like you know in, in any regards whether it's home runs or on base or whatever yes like okay it's pretty simple i think move it on <laughs> like andrew jones hall of famer all right next guy on the list is uh oh uh, that's actually a guy i voted for <laughs> so in next guy on the list is someone again contentious for different reasons and this is where we dive into the steroids of it all uh you and i both voted for alex rodriguez um listen you can feel however you want to feel about it and to be honest like there's not much i can say to like change your mind um that being said look at where there clear instances of like pointing to a season you're like he probably did steroids then yeah but also look at the rest of his seasons too, where like he definitely wasn't where it was pre or post. Basically when I think a rod steroid era, I really think Texas. Yeah. I, Se- I think Seattle a rod, I think personally was clean and agreed was unbelievable. Agreed. <laughs> so it's like, if you can't fully filter out all of the, the steroid era stuff and you can't like you like, um, just not logistically, but just, morally whatever you can't filter out the stuff he he did steroids but there's also steroid users already in the hall of fame so it's like if you're going to hinge your vote on that then it's almost hypocritical in some regard but like you look at a rod and the things he was able to accomplish around that texas time like the early 2000s and you're just like holy hell not to mention he we, we don't know what his career would have looked like defensively because he was a really good shortstop and then moved to third base to kind of give way to, quite frankly, a lesser A shortstop. worse defender. <laughs> right. Like, and he played a great third base too. So it's just, you know, this is where you really need to dive into the conversation. And in a lot of respects, I think a lot of people have already formed their opinion on A-Rod. It, yeah. It's pretty cut and dry. It, like if you look at a rod, the player it, it's you're unquestionably voting for him to be a hall of famer. If you're saying it's a no-go because of the steroids, you're not moving off of that. Um, for me, I truly don't care about the steroids. And I know some people are going to disagree with that and hate that. But one, like I said, hall of, there's people in the hall of fame that have already tested positive. And two, it's just like, 
it's not an excuse, but it's the time frame they were playing in. It was so commonplace. Yeah, there's plenty of guys who did steroids back then who were not on this ballot. And then, so, you're right, there's plenty of guys who did steroids and didn't that get caught. were not this good. The, yeah, and then there's plenty of guys who did steroids and were nowhere near this good. Yeah. Like, those are two unequivocal truths about, about the game. So it's just like, is there a boost? Yeah, but if you kind of, like, take away his Texas years, and he still has, you know, over, still insane. over 500 home runs and probably a career war around, like, 80. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it is what it is but i a rod's like one of the best players ever in my opinion um and i i don't think a hall of fame can truly exist if he's not in it yeah that's kind of my my thing as well with with the steroid guys i don't like for example we'll get we'll get into it but like you know a guy like rafael palmero probably a hall of famer without roids Mm -hmm. with them no a-Rod is like twice as has like twice as many as much war as that guy. He had two Hall of Fame careers in one at two yep. different positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he's at such an elite level that without steroids, which I, I do personally believe this is just an, a, an opinion, but I do believe in Seattle he was clean and he was still that good. Um, so yeah, you, you tax him, you say, Hey, I'm going to take 30 war from you because of this. And he's still like well above hall of fame standards. And that's really the thing. He, he, he was that good. And you can't tell the story of this game without him. Yep. Agreed. Cut and dry. I, I think Aero's the hall same of as bonds and Clemens. I, Who I, I, I would have voted for as well, too. by the way. And I voted, I would have voted for them because again, they were so much better than their competition and so much better than other guys who did steroids at the same time as them. So it's tough, you know, I mean, and honestly, I can't really hate on people who don't give them votes because yeah, they did do steroids, but at the end of the day, some of them are still better than others. So <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of how I see it. And it comes down to like the, the point I mentioned, like there was plenty of guys who did steroids that were nowhere near as good. Yeah. So it's just like, you got to factor that into account. Or take that into account as well. All right. The, this next guy, again, is another likely to be widely debated uh, candidate. Um, and that's Joe Maurer. Um, Joe Maurer, in my opinion, is a first ballot, no doubt, Hall of Famer. He played catcher, which is honestly, probably, in, in my opinion, as like with my baseball background, the hardest position to not only play but to to be good at to be an all-star hall of fame level um and not only did joe meyer do that he did it while battling like an extremely long history of concussions that kind of severely altered what his um you know outlook would have been like like he shifted to first base later in his career but was still honestly solid solid um it's just you know profiling him as a first baseman isn't fair because he wasn't a home run hitter mm-hmm. but like if you're factoring in what he did offensively as a catcher there's very few guys in the history of baseball that did things better than joe mauer um and he's not a candidate yet but it's the same reason in about two years or so i'm voting for buster posey like, I'm so, I, I'm so excited for when Buster Posey gets on a ballot because that's just going to be because Bu- Buster Posey did things better than Joe Maurer did. He and just didn't have the longevity. Games. Yeah, in far few. So it's just like, you know, again, I, I do have pitcher bias because that's my background. But like having a great catch, 
catcher back there is like there, there's truly in that that's why you see pitchers have their personal catchers right and, oh yeah uh you know joe mauer did what he did and he was everyone's personal catcher um so don't look at the war because like it, it won't be there don't look at the home runs because they won't be there but look at the whole profile and it's pretty pretty easy to me to see why joe mauer is a hall of famer you can actually look at the f4 uh because he's, he's got more yeah. f4 than a lot of guys that are that are in yeah. um he's one of the most effective offensive catchers um in terms of uh the hit tool because like you said not a huge home run hitter still had power still slugged um but but as a as a pure hitter he was unbelievable mvp winner as a catcher that's tough very tough to do um that season by the way insane you should check out the numbers if you haven't um so he gets a, a bonus for the mvp there um and yeah i think that he actually lost some defensive value just because like you said, he had injuries and he had to move off of catcher in his early thirties. Cause he was, he was a good solid defensive catcher, maybe not the best at any point, but very, very good. And he was definitely the best hitting catcher at various points in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like, um, and, and yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's plenty of catchers. Catcher is tough with, with the war and everything. Cause it's, 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 it's different than like other positions. It's normally lower because they normally don't play as long. Yeah. Um, and, and it's or a, lot, as many a lot of it's based on defense most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Maurer, he was such a, a good, solid overall catcher, great on offense, really good on defense. Um, and, a, a leader uh, here's Hey, you want to talk about good guy claws, Joe Maurer. <laughs> right. I mean, played right. with, played all his career in Minnesota. He's from there. It's like a perfect, uh, per, it's like a perfect good guy claws <laughs> player to vote for on, yeah. on top of the fact that he was elite and won an MVP. So. Um, yeah, Agreed. he would, I could understand if people maybe weren't, I, you know, cause like you said, you know, if a hall of famer is a hall of famer, but, um, you know, maybe some people would leave him off and, and add him on a, in a little bit of a weaker class. But I, I think, I think he's good enough personally. Agreed. All right. The next guy we voted for, I'll admit, um, I had, I needed some convincing on my own because I left him off initially and then I was doing kind of a deep dive and, adjusted my bar a little bit based on the position he played uh we both have chase utley on our ballot um when i granted i I caught the majority of the tail end of his career and chase utley is a guy that did most of his damage in his uh you know mid to late 20s and then once he hit 30s he he was fine but certainly not like we weren't thinking hall of famer um you know just based on that production in in his 30s but like Chase Utley was good for a long time and longevity matters. And in his prime, in his peak, like that 27 to 32 range, um, you know, give or take, he was very, very good with OPSs above 900, which from a second baseman is uncharacteristically good. And if you're looking at the hall of fame as a whole, like there, there isn't much love for the second baseman. And I think, part of that is we're comparing the second baseman to the shortstops to the third baseman. Um, I don't think you can compare any position to the first baseman. Um, but you know, because like what, whether intentional or not, like second base right next to first base, some people might just be overshadowed by the first base and they're playing next to it. And obviously uh, Lee played to with some great ones like Ryan Howard, who, you know, was known for dropping bombs, but I, I can see why you might not want to put him in. Um, but again, I think if you kind of 
adjust the bar a little bit um, based on him being a second baseman and um, a, a pretty good second baseman at that. Like, it's not just like, oh, he played second base, like, forget about it. Like, he was pretty good as well. Um, I, th- I think he just gets in, but I, I will admit I'm not the the strongest um, proponent of Chase Utley. Um, I think he benefits from, from me just because I typically vote for those fringe guys. So they stay on the ballot. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, Utley, it's, it's, it's tough because it's the second base position, really. It's, it's the fact that there aren't more second basemen in the hall makes it tough because I try to compare to other hall of famers in the same position group. And there's not that many, um, but I will say he, he outpaces certain guys. Um, Ryan Sandberg, he's a Hall of Famer. He's got more mm. F4 career than him. He's got more F4 career than Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson played less games, but narrative ball. Uh, I would have voted for Jeff Kent, who is a far worse player, in my opinion, than Chase Utley because he couldn't really play defense. Um, but that's the thing. I think Utley's consistency on all three phases of of play, he's got the, the bat. He was actually an insanely good hitter in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um he, he was a great defender and he was a really underrated base runner. He's actually extremely efficient. It wasn't that he, especially when he's sliding into uh, the shortstops to well, break, yeah, break up that. the double plays. Yeah. We don't even <laughs> get on him. But yeah, um, good base runner, despite not maybe not being the fastest guy. Um, and uh, he has the, he has the ring. He's got um, playoff success, great playoff player. Um, and fun fact, Jimmy Rollins won an MVP. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? 2007 jimmy rollins won the mvp chase utley was far better that season i was literally just about to talk about his 2007 season because he only played 132 games had 22 home runs 103 rbis had 976 ops and came in eighth he came in eighth and it's it's not even that necessarily that he should have won but he was better than jimmy rollins right (laughs) so yeah um mvp caliber and he was like that good that level for like five straight seasons yeah of like eight war so and um, those five yes. seasons are doing a lot of heavy lifting that, i was like, i was gonna say you're right about the lack of longevity even when he was playing later in his career he wasn't the same guy right he wasn't playing every day he couldn't hit the same way couldn't defend the same way um but i think that he did enough uh in his in his prime to squeak to, in. Uh, to get in there. Yeah. Cause I, I, I do think we need some more love for second baseman. There's not enough. <laughs> and even then you got a guy like Lou Whitaker who isn't even in the hall of fame. I, I found that out last night. <laughs> I'm, I'm like looking at, I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Lou Whitaker's ninth all time in, in uh, F four for second baseman. And he's not in the hall of fame. I was losing my shit, but uh, yeah, I, I personally, I would put Lou Whitaker in and I would put Chase Utley in. I think that's fair. All right, the, the last guy in, we're going to talk about in our joint uh, or, you know, that we're in agreement on is uh, Billy Wagner. And relief pitcher is another position you kind of need to adjust the bar on because obviously they're not going to accrue the war that um, any position does, especially starting pitchers. Like you could almost need to reinvent the bar because like for for instance, for position players like or I guess pitchers too, 60 to 65 career wars like usually the benchmark give or take mm-hmm. um and with relief pitchers like if you're really really good and have a long career you might get 20 more <laughs> like that yeah. that's kind of what you need to need to look at so you almost can't even include war 
when you're talking about relievers. But um, for me, when I think of a relief pitcher, it's how dominant were they? Not just good. Like at, this is going to sound so backwards um, and totally anti-baseball purist, but like I think anyone can rack up saves. Like anyone can have years where they like lead the league in saves. If you're like a like a quality reliever on a good team, you're going to rack up saves. Yeah, that's a like, secondary. Uh, that's right. Like I don't saves I don't, are a team stat. Yeah, I th- I feel because there are people who say saves are the big the big reliever right. stat, but I'm I'm you know I think they're important later on down the line after you get through some other stats first. <laughs> right. So like for me, I I immediately think how dominant were you? Because again, you might like. For example, like if Billy Wagner played with Mariano Rivera, Billy Wagner's not saving games over Mariano Rivera. <laughs> like, so, you know, you can't always use saves. Uh, and obviously Billy Wagner accrued many of um, many a save on his own, but like he was extremely dominant practically every single year. He had one year in his 16 year career with an ERA above two seven. Everything else is usually <laughs> sub two, three. See, I, you know, I know that already, but just hearing you say it out loud is just silly. Yeah. yeah like th- this is a guy and we don't hear it as much now because the reliever usage is much different than it used to be. Um, but like Billy Wagner was a guy that was in Cy Young conversations because of how dominant he was. Um, and I, I think being a lefty and just being who he was like we yeah we need to show love for second base we also need to show some love for relievers too like billy wagner was dominant and not just dominant he was dominant for basically 16 years like we'll we'll call it 12 of the 16 years he was absolutely dominant three of the other four he was very good (laughs) so that that's basically what it comes down to um you know any knock on billy wagner is basically you don't like relief pitchers pretty much and i i think it's like andrew jones for me it's very simple he's the best left-handed reliever ever it's pretty pretty Case closed done I, over. <laughs> I feel like if you're the best at any one position you should probably be in um yeah. and it's the consistency too like because we know relievers they don't always have a good season two seasons in a row they don't always have a good season three seasons in a row Talk mm-hmm. about pretty much 16 straight years of dominant relief pitching, not just good, dominant relief pitching. And he also had his best season, probably, arguably, at age 39. So theoretically, he could have kept going if he wanted to. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, one of those mm-hmm. um, late 30s, which you're not supposed to have your best season then. Um, so he had a yeah. one four three ERA. Yeah, his last season know. in Atlanta is nuts. Silly. Just Absolutely. Silly. I mean, if you want to talk about going out on top, geez. Um, 69 innings pitch that year. <laughs> nice. Uh, and yeah, he's he's throwing 70 innings at age 38. 38 like, that's yeah. like the high end of relievers. Now. Like Erasmo Ramirez had 80 something innings last year and he was the he was the, he had the most innings for relievers or something. Yeah, like it, it's nuts. So um, Billy Wagner should get in this time um, based on the vote. It'll be close, but I think he's going to get there. Um, I feel like he has enough hype now and he's close enough to the end of his tenure on the ballot that he should get the push. At least if it's not this year, please on his 10th year, get him in. This dude is amazing. No, it needs to be now. Like It, it does. Time. It does. I agree. Yeah. 
All right. So that's our eight that we had in common. Trey, you had two guys that uh, you feel strongly about that. I do not want you to uh, break it down. Well, I've got one that I feel strongly about. Okay. The other yeah. one I'm like tough, but I'm going <laughs> to give him my vote because it's his last chance. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go ahead and start with him. I'll start with Gary Sheffield. I personally am, am I did not vote for him last year. Um, if, if I had more than 10 last year, I would have vote. You don't. So I didn't. Um, and it was tough. I, I went back and forth a lot on this because in terms of the bat, Gary Sheffield was incredible and absolutely amazing right-handed hitter had some absolutely elite season MVP caliber on the offense. He's also the worst defensive outfielder <laughs> literally ever. I mean, it's not even particularly close. I, he was so bad. Um, the thing is, he wouldn't be playing outfield nowadays. Um, so if I think about modern standards, he'd be a DH or a first baseman or something. That wouldn't help him necessarily that much, but it would help him a little bit. Um, and because of that, I think I'm going to give him the nod, even though he was on Balco. Um it's tough. I, you know, there's another guy who you'll get into who is a similar case who, again, I, if he's, if he doesn't get in by year 10, I'd probably give him my vote, but it's, it's tough. Cause like with the steroid guys, I like to have a guy, if I'm going to vote him in, that is so much better than everybody else or close to it. And Sheffield was great. And he was like, I obviously hall of fame caliber, but he wasn't quite that good, but I'm st- still gonna put him in this is a tough one for me i'm actually struggling with it right now <laughs> yeah for for me i'm, I'm gonna give it to him because it's his 10th year right and um, I, I completely that's a strategic vote that you mentioned earlier like yeah just I mean, to see if there's enough support i don't and, you think know, do your part kind of thing i don't think he gets in um, i agree but it'll be close uh and it might open the door a bit for a rod later because oh A-Rod, if that's the case then he, he can have my 10th vote because I want a rod in. Yeah, well, so. the thing the thing is, like, you know, he, Sheffield's a, a, a presumed steroid guy. If he gets, you know, sixty percent of the vote, that's like okay, that's close ish. And then it's like, well, right. a rod was about twice the player of him. So now what? And then it's it's tough. I I think that um, it's never going to be perfect. Obviously, um, I wish there was a way to put older guys back on the ballots like i know they do like the veterans committee and stuff but that's which is how harold bain got in yeah exactly because it's basically like eight people so i kind of wish that they could get some of these guys who got overlooked back on um but uh yeah i guess i'll give sheffield my vote there (laughs) with sheffield it's like the the defense matters and that's, also, that's really the toughest part because I, I, he was it's not he could have been a bad defender and i would have been fine it's just that he's literally the worst yeah exactly <laughs> and like if you want to view him as a dh which he was never really a dh but like i have no problem viewing him that way because same thing with relief pitchers and you know a second baseman not so much but like relief pitchers like i think dhs just get overlooked like if you're the best at your craft, whether it's being a relief pitcher, whether it's a designated hitter, whether it's a pitcher only, like people still like the, the people who hate the DH think that pitchers need to hit. And I'm just like, that's so backwards. Uh, and that's not a conversation when you get into, but like, if I'm just looking at Gary Sheffield's offensive stats, yeah, there there's plenty there to go off of. It's just, if you're only doing one thing, if you're only hitting, 
if you're only pitching, if you're only doing one thing, you have to be like one of the best. And listen, Sheffield has over 500 home runs. Like you could easily qualify him as one of the best. But if I compare him to the last DH to get in, Edgar Martinez, Edgar Martinez got in basically on his last chance. And he was, he was a far better hitter than Sheffield was. So it's like just going off that, I think Sheffield, for me, he's just on the outside looking in. If, like, tomorrow the Hall of Fame's like, hey, we need, we're a little too strict with our voting. We're going to add some more guys. I think Sheffield would be, like, one of the first people in in that regard. But, like, with the standards the Hall has now, and listen, those standards are always changing, <laughs> like, based yeah, on are. who gets in sometimes. Uh, I do think Sheffield's on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Because, like, like, he's just getting in for me. Essentially, because it's his last year. I mean, I would I wouldn't have voted for him if it wasn't. Um, but he's going to be exiting the ballot next year, anyways. So that'll open up a vote spot. So I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about your other guy? Okay. So my other strategic pick is Bobby Abreu. I freaking love Bobby Abreu. I think that he doubles machine. He, he doubles machine. He was an on base machine, which is personally I think where he kind of gets lost in the shuffle because like you look at his base numbers, almost a three, four, five uh, slash line, which is good, but it's not like that doesn't automatically make you elite. It's the, mm-hmm. the on base. He was with guys who were, who had as many plate appearances as him. He had over 10 K uh, in the outfield. He was, he had one of the highest on base percentages out of all those guys. Um, and, and that's something I think you need to look at a little bit. Also, I, you know, like I said earlier, I like to go and look at contemporaries. Who are your peers that are in the Hall of Fame already? Right. Bobby Abreu has very similar career to career to guys like Andre Dawson or Dave Winfield, who are both Hall of Famers. Um, he's got a, some he's got a better career than Harold Baines, who, again, that was a veterans committee. So that's tough. But if Harold Baines is a Hall of Famer, then uh, Bobby Abreu is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> then you know literally I mean? everyone's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Pretty much so. Uh, but I, I think something else about a Bray that gets lost is the stolen base, 400 stolen bases. And he was an efficient st- base stealer as well. 77% for his career. So um, I think he does deserve a little boost based on that. That's, that's no, that's not like that's 400 steals. That's a lot. That's like top 75 all time. Um, and then you add the, the offensive capabilities, the on base, the consistency factor, 14 seasons, of at least a 350 uh, on base percentage and eight seasons of at least a 400 on base percentage. Um, So is he, I I think actually, yes, he's a hall of famer um, based on other guys in at his position that have gotten in that are either just as good or slightly worse. Um, And I think he'll, he'll stay on the ballot for 10 seasons. I don't think he'll make it, um, but I'd like him to, because I think he was a really good player and he often gets kind of lost. Yeah, for me, he's another guy. In the and presumably clean at. as well. Right, right. Which isn't, you know, part of the conversation. And he was in that era. So it's right. Yeah. Um, For me, like. Just a, a very, very solid and quality ball player. I just don't think the peak was ever high enough. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I agree because he didn't have the high peak. Right. Uh, he, he didn't he have never, an MVP season or, right. or something that was. He never finished top 10 in MVP. Vote. Yeah. So he. he arguably should have a couple times but <laughs> sure but i'm just saying like he, he never did he never had that one season where it's just like holy shit like yeah, this he, is this is like, he had some great seasons don't get me wrong but like you know the consistency and the longevity needs to support the dominance 
And just like the dominance needs to be accompanied by the longevity and the consistency, you know? Um, and, and for me, like he has two of the three, but he he's missing that also critical third one. And that that's the dominance. Yeah. He wasn't a purely dominant player at any point. That, that is true. Um, he's kind of similar to Mark Burley on the pitching side. Right. A guy who it's a really good comparison, really consistent, really consistent uh, above average pitcher through a ton of innings. Mm-hmm. But was he ever that good? No, he had, you know, some a couple starts here and there where he had no hitters in the perfect game, obviously, but yeah, uh, never a full season where he was purely dominant. Um, he was actually I did have him on as a strategic vote last year. Um, yeah, but I dropped him this year so I could add Maurer and uh, Utley. But uh, yeah, Bobby Abreu, I think should stay on the ballot at least um, for sure. Uh, and then you had one that I did not have. So would you like <laughs> to uh, get into that? Listen, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier that I don't really care about the steroid era. Um, I think it's part of the conversation for sure. You can't just totally discount it. But listen, you know, there's a difference between being clean and just never having gotten caught in my mind. Like, I think there's plenty of guys who managed to avoid all these reports um, and went on to have great careers. But it doesn't mean they were necessarily clean. We'll just never know. Um, so I, I try not to put too much into it. And then I, I also believe that there's guys that got popped or were named just because they were associated, right? Not because they actually failed the test um, and, or or if it was a false positive. Like, we, we just never know. So have you ever looked of- into Sammy Sosa about his situation? It's like he might not have tested positive for anything. Right. And point. Sammy Sosa is another fascinating person to, to talk about. Yeah, just if, he, if he's clean, he's a Hall of Famer. Easy. And like he might well, be. I, see, he I don't been. even think it's that easy. <laughs> like That's over true, 600. Actually, right. I think he it's, falls into right. that Gary Sheffield category. Yeah. OK, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But if he was clean, I think. I'd but at least he won that. an MVP. Sammy Sosa, that is. Yeah, he did um, do that. Regardless, uh, I, that's just to say I, I don't factor it heavily. I'm looking at dominance and like I just mentioned, the dominance needs to be supported by longevity and consistency. And this guy has all three. And if you have all three, you're getting my vote. And that's Manny Ramirez. And, you know, Trey pointed out before we start recording, not only did he get popped once he got popped twice and that, that matters. Yeah. Um, I'll get into that when you go ahead. But like, (laughs) if we're talking about the best players or like one of the best players in the game, at his like while he played and at his prime and all that stuff manny qualifies and listen there there's a lot of personality and a lot of baggage that comes with uh manny being manny like that was legitimately a saying high-fiving guys in the in the crowd as he's like throwing a ball in from the outfield getting the guy out too i might add you know hiding in the monster and and like during the game cutting off Weird a ball things. for no reason <laughs> yeah, clip, yeah that's that one, one of my too. favorites that one too um but like if you're going off sure dominance and being one of the best players in the game like he had like eight or nine top 10 mvp finishes never won one but like was always right there always in the conversation and honestly you look at the numbers without obviously knowing who who won those awards and who finished ahead of him like you look at his, his numbers in 1999 this this going back a ways. Manny Ramirez had 44 home runs and 165 RBIs. He had an 1100 OPS, <laughs> 174 Bad. OPS plus, and he only came in third in MVP voting. 
<laughs> so what year was that? Who was it? 99. 99. Who would have gotten first in the AL in the 99? Like, and, and th- that might not even be like the most absurd season um, with some of these numbers. Uh, like, he he led the league in slugging and OPS and obviously RBIs that year and like came in third. I'm so, guessing a Yankee won it. <laughs> oh, I, I can only imagine. But that that's just to say that like, uh, you if you're going off of the performance manny belongs like he he deserves to be in without a shadow of a doubt and the the reason that really got me down this rabbit hole is um in 2008 he was traded from boston to the dodgers in the the i don't know if it was the infamous boston um la trade with like beckett and uh, adrian gonzalez but it was around the same time so it might have been. Bo- yeah, it might have been. I can't I can't actually remember. Um, regardless, in Boston, first half of the year, I think he was like age 36 season. So certainly not in his prime. He, Manny was having a really, really solid first half of the year, like a nine, 920 OPS, like hitting around 300, um, had like 20 home runs at the time of the trade, you know, all, all great stuff. Gets traded to the Dodgers and Manny has a 50 game stretch that, I think would rival Barry Bonds. Like it's pretty in, in silly. Barry, in, in Barry Bonds, <laughs> like best 50 game stretch, I think Manny would get really close to it. And this is an age 36 season. He went 396, 489, 743 slugging for a 1232 OPS, had 17 home runs and 53 RBIs in 53 games. So that puts him on a pace for 162 RBIs over a, a full season. Um, and that was age 36. Like there was calls for him to, to win the NL MVP being a deadline addition. Like that's how good he was in age 36. So it's just like that. That's just a one small part of Manny's career. Uh, I think he's a hall of famer. Uh, I think it's a, very similar to the A-Rod conversation where it's like, if you are okay with steroid users, you'll vote for him. If you're not, then you won't. So uh, I would have, if I had more than 10, um i would vote for him before sheffield in a heartbeat but i get why you're voting for yeah i I would as well if they were both on the same year um manny will eventually get my vote um when he hits the 10-year mark i i I, it's just he it's the fact that he got suspended twice because like you get you get popped once okay um that's bad obviously but getting it twice means he didn't really learn anything um at least I wouldn't either if I'm dropping 40 bombs and 120 RBIs every year. Yeah, I'm saying that's just how it's perceived by voters. It's like, well, you had a chance and you didn't use it very well. But like there's probably other guys that did the same thing and didn't get right. caught. Um so uh yeah, he'll get it eventually from me. Um if I hadn't if I had more than 10, he would be on it because yes, he's the best hitter on this ballot. There's just not really a question. Uh he's it's <laughs> I mean, regardless, we have his baseball reference page, which I just get so much enjoyment out of looking at. Yeah, so he, he's one of the more fun ones. For that's sure. a Hall of Fame baseball reference page. There you go. So maybe we'll we'll give him the the BB Ref Hall of Fame award or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Manny. I'll get I'll he'll get a vote from me when he's in his tenth year. Maybe maybe sooner, depending on what the ballots look like. But uh, yeah. uh I just couldn't. I didn't want to give him a, a spot over a guy who was clean or is graduating essentially. Um, right. That that's fair. Yeah. Cause like you, you point out a rod, a rod 
is still so much higher of a level because he was a great defender and Manny wasn't. Um, but Manny was just as good of a hitter. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I don't have any issue with, with Manny getting votes. I don't think he'll make it, but, um, wouldn't, wouldn't mind it at all. How, hmm, yeah. Hot take. If, screw it. Hot take. A-Rod more deserving of being a hall of famer than Barry Bonds. Ooh, that's tough. It's hot. It's, it's hot. hot. Well, it's the, hot thing. the thing is, the, the only stipulation really is like, we know Bonds fucking took some stuff, <laughs> but, but like he never he got never confirmed. failed the test. Yeah, so it's like never failed the test. Yeah, but it was yeah, very it's close. Just widely but, assumed. Yes, um, a Rod as a as a whole, as like a overall player, he's better defender and base runner. I mean, Barry Bonds was a great base runner. Uh, before he got to San Francisco, though, I should should point that out. Before he bulked up, before he bulked up a little bit. Um, but yes, yeah, so both guys obviously should be in. You want to have a fun deep dive down a baseball reference page? Go look at Barry Bonds' stats in his age forty two season, and tell <laughs> me he wasn't blackballed from the league. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's no doubt. Nelson he... Cruz is getting shots when he's like age fifty. I mean, Julio Franco played until he was fifty, and yeah. Bonds uh, could have easily DH'd for three, four more seasons, right? Um, if, but yeah, he was definitely blackballed. That's yeah. For sure. Obvious. <laughs> All right. Looking at the rest of the ballot, we just want to run through quickly some guys that they fall into the Mark Burley category of like really good conversation, but ultimately not a Hall of Famer. Obviously, Mark Burley falls un- into that category. For me, I voted for this guy last year. And, you know, when I'm having to make cuts and, and really tough decisions, I just can't get in, can't get there with him. Uh, Tory Hunter. I Great love Tory Hunter was one of my favorite players growing up, uh, you know, but like I literally had a really good comp for him in Andrew Jones and Troy Hunter was just never on the level of Andrew Jones. Yeah, he was close. He was really close. He was really, really close. close. Just didn't have the home run hit the hitting ability. Right. As, as Jones. Right. But yes, defensively, absolutely. Elite. Yeah. Um, Andy Pettit is another guy. I'm actually surprised you didn't vote for. Um, and like, there's some respects to say Andy Pettit's one of the, best if not the best postseason pitchers of all time but like his regular season career is basically mark burley yeah that that's kind of where i'm sitting at with pettit and also pettit's a admitted steroid guy like he right took hgh he said he did it so i mean respect honestly for for admitting it and potentially got another guy that could get a vote in his last year but yes um basically mark burley um with more playoff success uh and also took steroids yeah <laughs> so it's like those kind of even Hinder. each other out in a sense like right and to the point where he's like not he's like hollow very good for me it, yeah right exactly now. exactly and um just a little bit more insight to my thought process uh especially when it comes to like the steroid stuff i don't uh fault guys for taking hgh um, yeah well because- it's more of a it's to get healthy Pretty much. That's that's at least it's why he over, said that he oversimplification. Took it. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't boost you to the effect that like anabolic steroids do. So True. to True. me, there there's a difference. I don't care about any of it. Um, but like <laughs> if you it's just how I am. I just like exploring the nuance of each case because it's interesting right. personally. I don't really... Right. But I think even without like let's say any pettit stats are what they are and he's not a steroid user, I'm still probably not voting for him. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with so I think um, it's so close though, just because he was he was that dude in the playoffs. Let's I mean that's definitely oh, true. you were so comfortable and he had a lot of 
opportunities and innings to fail stone cold and did stone not. cold yep so i think that that should only be a boost to him um and not take away from other guys who didn't maybe didn't pitch as much in the playoffs as him but uh yeah he still wouldn't quite get there yeah um another guy francisco rodriguez um like just really qual he he's that guy who is a quality reliever for many many years um but i think he was dominant at times but you know you can compare him to billy wagner and he doesn't come close to what billy wagner did so like if people wanted to vote for francisco rodriguez just to kind of readjust the bar for relief pitchers to get in totally cool with that and i almost gave him a vote still um but for me last year (laughs) yeah right um like but for me he's just he's just a shade under where i would think a, a hall of fame reliever would be I think he's probably safe, though, to stay on the ballot because he did get uh, almost. I want him to stay on the ballot for sure. Yeah, I think he'll stay on the ballot. But yeah, as as for current reliever standards, not quite. Yeah. Um, Another one. Another one. Another uh, one. That's worth mentioning just briefly. Like, you don't have to go into too much. It's probably Omar Vizquel. Oh, yeah. We don't Um, talk about him too much. Yeah. You got to be careful. He's screwed. (laughs) He's not going to get in. Yeah. There's yeah, a reason I, why. If you want more, I info, really go just, check it out yourself. That really just came to me as I said his name. Yeah, I always forget he's there because, like, I basically yeah. disregarded him as a human being at this point. So yeah, I, I kind of hand up. That's my bad. Um, don't <laughs> don't vote no, for him. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's lost so much. Like he was like kind of tracking. Okay, he's not even good enough, dude. I don't care. Like this, he was a good defensively. Defender. There, there's yeah, they're better defenders than him, and he he had an 82 OPS plus garbage yeah Get out of all here. right uh the, the last guy that i know you really wanted to mention is david wright who i know has you know some some of the ballots i've seen submitted he has gotten some love for me it's it's pretty simple david wright was tracking very well not only to be a hall of famer but to be a no doubt hall of famer and then injuries yeah like we we can't go giving votes to guys who should have been hall of famers had they stayed healthy if that's the case steven strasberg is a first ballot hall of famer dude i'm opinion. so down so <laughs> so it's like if we're doing that then we got to do it for everybody and like i i can fully appreciate what david wright was and should have been but what he is right now is just on the outside looking in and he's one of the biggest what ifs in baseball history yeah he's Honestly, David Wright, like I know he's a Met and everything, and we're not supposed to like them, but I like David Wright. He's from Virginia. Like he was a good dude. He played hard. <laughs> yeah, okay. if you're from Virginia, lunch you're a pale good guy, dude. you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he he would have made it easy yeah. if he plays even a mediocre 30s. He he makes it because his yeah. his uh his prime his was 20s were nuts. Yeah, MVP caliber didn't win one, but could have um had multiple seasons with eight war i believe uh so that that should tell yeah, you yeah he just know. needed like three more seasons of four war and he's in yeah even and, and without the longevity his injury spinal stenosis is it's different it just he could not he couldn't physically play at the end and even honestly before the end of his career in like 15 and 14 he was he wasn't that he wasn't the same the same guy um oh. So it's honestly, it's just a big bummer because like he would have been in if he had played a normal career. Right. Um, which is, which is tough. 
that's that's always the tough. Those are always the toughest. Like Tim Lincecum was on the ballot a couple years I back. I love Tim Tim Lincecum. Tim Lincecum, talent wise, Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's he's gonna be like one. I I don't know the stat, so don't quote me. But he's gonna be one of, if not the only guy to win multiple Cy Youngs and not be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and he'll be he'll be one. There's not many, and he he will be one of them because just couldn't he barely even made it 10 years to get on the ballot in in the first place but talent wise yeah he was there so that's that's the tough balance between longevity and prime and all that and for david wright it's just the fact that he didn't play in his 30s basically um that that took him out um so yeah bummer but we wanted to make sure that we point or i did i wanted to point out that he was really good um and he'll probably he'll probably stay on the ballot so that's cool. I think so. But there's other guys like a Matt Holiday, very solid, not really close to Hall of Fame caliber in my opinion. Um, but guys close. like that, that he, fall he, if he was a better defender, he was just not. He was just bad. He was a bad defender. <laughs> yeah, but like Bar- Bartolo Colon's on the ballot. Like, yeah, good for that, him. That's a guy that. Yeah, want to Cy Young? No. Shouldn't have. He, but he, he, he can have both his families <laughs> vote for him. Like, um. But yeah, like there's plenty of other guys that will fall off. So if you're yeah, a lot of really good players that you just need 5%, I, I think yeah, I a, mean, a guy like Wright will stay on. Yeah, Adrian Gonzalez is there too. He was a great hitter. Jose Batista, great hitter. And I mean, he's another what if, basically, if he figures it out earlier, what does he right. do? Because he, he, yeah, was, his he second half of his career was great. He was just purely bad in the as a <laughs> right. young player. Like it wasn't even like he was okay like he was just bad it actually hurts him a lot because if you look at his um total war this is funny i will point this out real quick not to go on too many tangents here but his total war on baseball reference is 36.7 but his war seven so the best seven career seasons was 38.2 so he's actually making up (laughs) negative war that he accrued when he was younger because he was just not a good good player yet (laughs) so but uh great career in the back half won an mvp awesome fun player to watch he didn't win mvp donaldson won it my bad yeah yeah um could have probably actually did he not nope that's kind of crazy because he had um he really just had one like like he had 182 home runs. plus and 11 that's pretty good yeah he had years with the home runs but yeah 11 was really the only year where he was a really strong candidate for it oh that was jv's year yeah okay i can't really fault that jv was pretty ridiculous oh season. you said jv and i thought joey Votto, and i was like what no, <laughs> oh yeah yeah no, Ver- the, the year verlander won yeah That's... yeah which i love when a pitcher he wins MVP could have given it up. to batista but yeah i would say verlander yeah. was the correct one that's another thing that we could do at some point is just go back and look at the old award voting because it's terrible <laughs> uh, that, that, that'll be fun That'll be fun. There's a, plenty of like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Oh, tons of them. Tons of them. Yeah. Uh, it's honestly yeah. one of my favorite things to do. Is just like the Juan plenty Gonzalez of, MVP. Plenty award, of rabbit holes example. to dive yeah, down. Yeah. I won't. I won't. Season. Yeah. We got to stop because I keep going into. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tangents. Yeah. Um, All right. 
let's wrap up this episode. Just a quick recap of uh, uh, what's been going on since we last recorded. Uh, we've finally gotten some movement um, in baseball. Obviously, the last time you heard from us, we were giving our predictions for free agency. We've had a couple of signings so far. Nothing, um, not as much as I would have liked, but we got Aaron Nola was the first domino off the board. So both you and I were wrong. I was close. I'd said Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, mine um, were flip-flopped on the uh, – What'd you go? The Nola Gray. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, Nola yeah that, We didn't right. say that. Nola re-signed with Philly. We should point that out. Yeah, um, so and the, then... the Phillies made Nola their priority, re-signed there. Um, and then the Cardinals just recently – uh, pivoted because they were heavily involved in the Aaron Nola discussions. They went out and signed Sonny Gray. So I think you're not alone in that. Uh, um, a lot of people probably had those flip-flop thinking Nola would sign elsewhere, most likely St. Louis and Gray would be the consolation prize for Philly, but it was reversed. And if you want to talk about Sonny Gray, you got to talk about the Cardinals as a whole. They went out and signed Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson as well. So now their starting rotation is Sonny Gray, Miles Mikolas, uh, Lance Lynn, presumably is their three. Steven Matz, or the ghost of him, is their four. And Kyle Gibson rounds at the rotation. I think their median or average age is 35 for the starter pitchers, starting pitchers. So going full on Mike Rizzo here. Really um, weird, just a really weird very rotation as strategy. it currently is. I don't. I mean, they could do more. I guess they could. Like you, you mentioned before we started that they might look at glass now and on the trade block. But uh, yeah, if this ends up being their rotation, it's very bizarre. Uh, not necessarily the worst in the yeah. baseball, but weird. <laughs> very, very odd. Like I have no problem paying Sonny Gray. Like yeah, that was very fine. quality pitcher. But like, if you need a guy to spearhead your rotation why not go get two tie two times Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell or you know Japanese phenom Yoshinobu Yamamoto or you know Eduardo Rodriguez who's a little bit younger or you know plenty of options to to go out there or like outbid Philly for Aaron Nola like yeah that was a that was um Nola's deal was pretty respectable I don't have it in front of me it's like six years hundred and 70 million or something yeah, like it wasn't that. ridiculous it wasn't something yeah. that the cardinals couldn't have been in on so right so i, I think it's just a matter of how badly do you want it <laughs> and yeah, it, it's very the cardinals settled and settled very quickly it, like it it's one s- thing to do this in february after you missed out on everyone it's another thing to do it in november before anyone signed yeah it, it kind of seems like um the cardinals are trying to just resuscitate this team that they have and try and keep keep them afloat for the short term, um, when in reality it may be best for them to start moving towards blowing it up because you got Goldschmidt yeah. who is on the decline in the aging curve, um, and then Arenado did not play very well last season, so you can't really rely on him to be the MVP caliber guy he's been when he wasn't. Um, and he had yeah. and two of his three seasons in St. Louis have been not great. Whatever you know, good but not great. So, mm-hmm. is this a team that? is still in a contention window. I don't think so, but they seem to want to believe that. So um, we'll have to wait and see uh, if they do, if they do more then this kind of becomes mute because they'll have a, one of either Lance Lynn, Steven Matz or Gibson head into the bullpen, which would be um, ideal for them. Cause right now this rotation does not scare me. <laughs> so yeah, it uh, didn't scare me last year. It certainly doesn't scare me this year. I mean, they tried to, 
trot out a 40 year old Adam Wainwright as their ace last year, um, which yeah, did bad. not go well. And like, this gives me shades of 2020 nationals. Like obviously you, you take out the pandemic part of it in the shortened season, but like the nationals never really replaced Anthony Rendon. Um, they kind of just hoped that they would do enough. And like, they didn't know how badly Steven Strasburg was, was going to be, um, you know, injured and they didn't know how poorly Patrick Corbin was going to pitch, but like, there was never really the full effort to double down. It was just kind of like, all right, let's see if we can make magic happen two years in a row. And obviously it didn't. And the Cardinals obviously never got to those highs, but like not trading for Juan Soto, for instance, or anyone else, it was just kind of a signal like, Hey, they weren't fully certain. And now they're in like a really like, if you want to keep your prospects, that's fine, but blow it up. And like, let's go full young. Yeah, they're just trying but to they, like stay afloat, right? Yeah, they is, were like it's the weird. Afloat. Yeah, it, if you if you're gonna do it, then do it. Like, right? I mean, it's like because the the I'll tell you what, Cardinals fans have seen this movie before. They've seen it too many times now, and they're gonna start getting mad, and they are mad because right. they've been doing this for a long time, and even the years that they've won the World Series, those those teams weren't good. <laughs> Like, right, they were they just fine, got but the right they got the, yeah, like they, the 83 win Cardinals won yeah, the World I mean, Series. Come on, man, yeah. that team the, to even get in the playoffs in that that format is luck on its own, and then to make it happen is just okay. Well, you did, but yeah, those teams weren't built to win the World Series, they just happened to do it <laughs> exactly. So, we'll see if the Cardinals have any magic this year. I mean, the Dimebacks were right there, so I, I don't think if the Cardinals can add 12 wins, oh, their... yeah, they traded for Suarez as well. We forgot to mention that. Oh yeah, that... they did. They 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 made a move for Suarez from uh, Seattle, so they have filled their I third the base dime... spot. No, I I thought the Diamondbacks traded for him. Oh oh, yeah, that's I what see you just you... said, right? I thought you were talking about the Cardinals. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, the D back. Yeah, sorry, uh, the D backs. We just forgot to mention that that trade, but yeah, there was a trade. Suarez went to uh, the Diamondbacks. I don't remember who they gave back, but a Mariners doing their Mariners and a reliever. Yeah, like, yeah, it just wasn't. I don't know what the Mariners are doing. Like you think Cardinals fans are mad. I think Mariners fans, like they were on the cusp and now they're all of a sudden they're selling this. Yeah. Um, it's pretty ridiculous. I, 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 if this is, you know, we still have a whole off season left, but Seattle is on notice because they, yeah. they've already got players. First of all, players, Cal Raleigh calling out their ownership for not spending. And then you're going to go trade one of the more important pieces in that, that, that run 40 home run caliber guy you're just Oscar Hernandez off. is also not there anymore so right it, like but it, it's so odd because they went out and traded for Luis Castillo they went out and signed Robbie Ray who I know it was hurt but like there was the effort it's very and now they so they went out and traded for Eugenio Suarez last year and traded for Teoscar Hernandez and now they're just not doing anything and they, they seem to be okay with just being decent it's like how are you going to sell at the deadline and then blame your team for not making the playoffs <laughs> like, yeah. what, are, what are you doing the, the, the reliever you sold paul seawald he was like instrumental in the uh the diamondbacks world series right massive for them so it's like yeah you're gonna tell me paul seawald doesn't get you three more wins right getting yeah because they were right there to like the last yeah, day they were there so it is what it is the, the other two moves uh kenta maeda two-year deal to the tigers and jason hayward uh one-year pact to return to the dodgers uh either of those stand out to you I kind of, I pretty much figured Hayward was going to return. 
I was hoping the Nats would take a look at him, but uh, he he would have sucked here. Like, yeah, he, it's it, it's a, a good fit, you know. He found he's his a four war player in the Dodgers. He found his spot. And it makes sense. The Nats. Yeah, it makes sense for him to return there and and try to run it back. Um, yeah, and Maeda, I, I mentioned that the I felt like the Tigers were going to do something uh, on our free agent prediction episode, but uh, Kent Maeda was not in that list of players we talked about. Um, but yes, they did do something. Solid. Not a huge move, but solid pitcher, a uh, guy that can Benny start arms. or yeah, guy that can start or uh, eat innings in the bullpen. And mm-hmm. for the Tigers specifically. Uh, I believe they had they might have had the least amount of starting pitching innings last season among guys that are still on their roster. Um, a lot of injuries well, there. So they, good they news definitely for need them. some innings. <laughs> good news for them. I have a guy that recently just threw 180 innings uh, in was uh, the opening day starter for an MLB team just yeah, last year um, that is available. And if the Tigers would like Patrick Corbin, please <laughs> give them give the Nats a ring. Um, just one final note, and I think it's the perfect bow for this episode. Um, Jason Hayward, higher career war than Harold Baines. All right, I'm out. <laughs> All right, that, that does it for today's episode. We appreciate you. That's so uh, stupid. St- sticking with us. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. For real? Yeah, look up. No, no, man. You all right? If, if we're doing this, I mean, we're already over an hour. Like we, we can just do. I'm it. gonna, yeah, it's fine. I'm gonna. Um, Christian Yelich also higher career war. That makes uh, more sense than uh, yeah. Word personally. Uh, wow. Garrett Cole above there. Um, there's someone else, but Jason Hayward was was the, the real funny one that he has a higher career war than Harold Baines. So funny because most of his war was collected within the first five years of his career. He was an insane, he was so good, good defender. <laughs> I like. I remember the Cubs gave him that deal basically for his defense. Yeah, I mean, he was good defender there too. But damn, yeah, his... yeah, he struggled. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty so. crazy. Yeah, but anyways, that does it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our Hall of Fame discussion. We will dive back into the off season when things start rolling hopefully here uh before the holiday season um i, I think most teams uh like to get their most of their spending done um prior to the new year i think the winter meetings are in two weeks if i'm not mistaken we should see some more action then so we will uh dive back into that conversation then and see where our uh predictions stand stand up uh I think it's safe to say neither you or I will uh, do pretty well. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we're already over two on yeah. the uh, big free agents. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better, but who cares? We, we'll, yeah, we won't have fun. to talk about it. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube page if you're listening to this on the audio platform. And if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you and make sure you are subscribed so you never miss a video that we upload. Again, appreciate listening. Follow us at our handles below. The main account on Twitter as it is at District BSB. We will catch you guys next time. Later.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.